Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, thanks for joining us again on this episode of Profits and Purpose, the Colorado Business Roundtable. And I'm really excited to continue our series today about our trip to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, where we were invited, Colorado Business Roundtable CEOs and executives, uh, at the invitation of Ambassador Rima herself to come and visit Saudi Arabia and be a part of the FII Conference, Future Investment Initiative. And today I have on two of the folks who were part of that delegation, Danny Moore and Polly Lawrence. So welcome, welcome to the episode today. Thank Thanks, you, Debbie. Danny. So before we jump into the actual trip, I'd love to just start with, and we'll start with you first, Polly. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do for a living, how you're involved with Cobert, and then we'll kind of jump into the trip specifics. Well, thanks, Debbie. Again, this is going to be a great opportunity to just relay my thoughts about our trip to the kingdom. My background is 20 plus years helping to run a family-owned construction company. I served in the legislature for six years as the uh, Republican whip and the Republican assistant leader in the House of Representatives. Uh, After leaving office, I joined Denton's, which is the largest global law firm, as the senior policy director for Colorado. And I'm now working with some local business entities, helping them navigate the legislature for statutory changes or local government issues, whether it's a permit issue or just a regulatory issue on the local level. So I have been enjoying learning about different governmental agencies across Colorado because we are a home rule state. So that has been a continued learning experience and the opportunity to join uh, the Colorado Business Roundtable, especially for this trip to the kingdom was just a phenomenal opportunity that quite honestly, I couldn't pass up and Denton's was willing to take that opportunity and run with it also. Perfect, perfect. I didn't have to twist your arm too much on this trip, did I? (laughs) You did not. (laughs) No, it it, it was amazing, which we'll get into. But Danny, before we do that, tell us more about you. What's your story? Uh, Tell us about your business. I have... uh had the honor of serving 24 years in the United States Navy. Uh, I retired from the Navy as a Navy Master Chief, the highest enlisted rank uh, in the service. Uh, that 24 years was some of the most formative years of my entire life and really set me on course to do the things I'm doing today in aerospace and defense. So when I retired from the Navy, I did some work uh, as a contractor, but eventually started my own company, DeNovo Solutions. And DeNovo Solutions is an aerospace and defense company that operates right here in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, I've been a member of the board of directors for Cobart for the last year, and I'm honored to now be a part of the executive council for that same board, so thank you. I think my my biggest takeaway was this trip was life-changing. It created such a great opportunity for us to see uh, the kingdom in in a different light and to meet some very kind people. So thank you, and I'm honored to be here today. Well, let's just jump in. I think when I first told uh, my family that I was going to Saudi Arabia, I think, you know, it was met with skepticism, with a little bit of shock. You know, why would you be going to Saudi Arabia? It's not necessarily on someone's bucket list 
for where to do business, where to travel in terms of tourism. What were your reactions initially when I told you that this trip was a potential opportunity for our board members? And Danny, start with you first. I don't know what your experience has been in the Middle East or what was your first reaction to this to this trip invitation? So, so Debbie, I got some of the same reactions that you did. People were a little nervous. They were not sure why I should go over there. Uh, as many of you know, I do hold a security clearance, so that was a concern. So that was a lot of the hesitation to begin with, was was just that uh, old knowledge about the kingdom. And Polly, how about you? I don't know that you have the same hesitation because you've traveled in the Middle East before when you were in the legislature, but tell us, tell us about that. You know, I think there was a little hesitation, partly from my mom, because she had visited the kingdom in the late 70s. The company that my dad worked for was doing some pipeline work in the kingdom. And so her reference was from, what, 50 years ago, which is very different than what it is today. I went with a very open mind. I visited Turkey. I visited Jordan and Israel through legislative trips. And what I found was each country has its own personality, its own customs, and you really need to go with an open mind and don't have any preconceived notions. I think it's interesting trying to talk about the trip with people who weren't on. Like all of us have now formed this bond, you know, that only this kind of a trip can create. And it's hard to explain to other people what it was like, or even share the highlights, but I'm going to ask each of you, and we'll start with Polly first, like what were the couple highlights for you in terms of the trip, whether it was, you know, some of the historical sites that we saw or important meetings, but what will you carry away as, as kind of these, these special moments? You know, I think what really sticks in my mind the most is the attitude uh, that we heard across all of the meetings that we had, whether it was with the cabinet minister or some of the entrepreneurs from the competitiveness council, was that they all have a North Star of opening up their society while still respecting the traditions within the kingdom, but really bringing along the entire population. I think that was the most striking thing that I heard was They can't be successful unless they engage the entire population. And that meant empowering women across the kingdom to be the best they can be both at home and at work. Yeah, I think that's that's incredible. Danny, how about you? What were those powerful moments that that you just sort of keep remembering? Well, I'm going to split those two up between the most powerful thing I saw and the most powerful thing I heard. And I, I have to say the UNESCO site uh, and Aula was the most powerful thing I've ever seen. Uh, it, it really, it really opened your eyes to the historical nature of the kingdom and all the historical sites that are there. The most powerful thing I heard, it was just the unison of every single person we talked to, uh, from His Royal Highness all the way down to those entrepreneurs. Seldom do you see a country so in sync with the vision and every single person is in line with trying to make that future a reality. And they're doing it using entrepreneurship. And they're doing it using the power of empowering women to, to, to share in that. Uh, it was remarkable. Yeah, I think for me, you know, Danny, that's an interesting pivot point. It's always been the story of women's economic empowerment. Um, you know, I've, I've mentored women 
in um, Afghanistan, Rwanda, of course, the United States, of course, Colorado. And it's so interesting to think about the stories of women across the globe and how it opens my own eyes to um, the gifts and opportunities that I have. And I probably took away, you know, of course, visiting with Ambassador Rima, who I'm always so inspired with, inspired by, and the leadership that she's bringing to the country in terms of um, representing Saudi Arabia here as the ambassador to the United States, but also hearing from her about the changes um, that are impacting women from almost every type of journey you can imagine. And I and I think that's probably my key favorite is, is listening to her tell the story of kind of a woman's journey in Saudi Arabia. And to some degree, it's not too dissimilar to a woman's journey to some degree sometimes in America. So I think that was powerful for me. Very, very much so. And if I may add, we had an opportunity to meet with you know, very powerful women who had been in the kingdom before the change and women who were experiencing the change for the first time to get that vision, that lens of vision between the appreciation for the change and the speed of change and then the ability to hold on to culture as that change proceeded. So it, it was remarkable. It was a remarkable insight to me. What would you see, Polly, um, you know, as we think about five days on the ground and they were all, uh, you know, we all probably had jet lag the whole time, meetings that were coming at us. What would you do differently, if anything, or what would you want more of in terms of how we spend our days? You know, I think I have to give credit to the group of people who came with Cobert. We were a very um, cohesive group and we were good at just going with the flow. So I think that was the key to really the success of this trip was making sure that the people who were on this trip were open to change and open to a very fluid calendar. I would say the one thing that I would have appreciated would have been a little bit more background on some of the cabinet ministers that we met with just to get a better understanding of what each of those cabinets uh, was in charge of. I found the most fascinating one to be tourism because it's tourism and defense, which doesn't seem to go together. But in this instance, it did. They had someone with a background who was able to blend those two things and recognize the importance of both, even though there is certainly a dividing line. So I think just having a little bit more information about the ministers and exactly what each of these cabinets was in charge of directing. I will say the people that we met with were so engaging and personable. And again, to Danny's point, they were all conveying the same message, which having been in government is a very difficult thing to do in the United States, especially <laughs> right now. So it right. was very encouraging to hear a unified message coming from everyone that we met across the spectrum. And perhaps they're able to unify because they, they don't have a divided government like we do. So, you yeah. know, having our American system certainly has the chance, you know, the checks and balances, of course, we don't want to give that up. But, um, you know, how do we unify around a common theme like a Vision 2030 mm -hmm. for America? And I think some of us were making eye contact, especially at the National Competitiveness Center, about this commitment, this rapid, rapid commitment to break down barriers to entry for businesses, for investment. You know, it, it sounded like, um, you know, this aggressiveness to wanting to make sure people could be entrepreneurs if they wanted to, could form partnerships, could collaborate, 
And Danny, I'd love, I know that was really, really touching for you in particular as um, the CEO of your own company in terms of this willingness, um, not even a willingness, an invitation to collaborate and partner and bring new business in. But um, what are the lessons you learned? I think we talked with entrepreneurs, as you mentioned, from all over this, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Tell us more about that meeting and what that meant to you. It, it meant everything to me. I, I think, you know, we talked about the Vision 2030 plan, but I can tell you it's not just a plan. They are wholly bought in on the vision and how that country is going to move forward in 2030. So if someone visit the kingdom today, 10 years from now, it's going to be a completely different country uh, from a tourism standpoint, from an entrepreneur standpoint. And imagine the courage that it takes to take on not only cultural issues to move the culture along with empowering women, but also then create from a public to a private industry to support those services that are desperately needed. My takeaway was, was talking to the young lady at the competitive center who was so passionate about her marketing company that she was marketing for services. That may not seem like a big deal to most American, but think about this. These are services that are just being created. These are services that before were provided by perhaps the government that are now being provided by private industry. That was my takeaway. I, I still remember that story as she, as she spoke about it and how she lit up when she talked about her business. Yeah, I thought that was one of my favorite meetings, too, to hear that briefing, um, you know, under that National Competitiveness Center. Really, really interesting. Polly, tell tell everybody who's listening a little bit more about the um, FII conference. I think, again, we, we knew a little bit about this conference before going in. You know, sometimes I think some media have called it Davos in the desert, you know, to talk about, you know, how global investors, um, policymakers are coming from all over the world. It really was so much bigger than I even envisioned it to be. But I'd love, like, what are your insights from FII? First of all, the Ritz in Riyadh was the most amazing hotel I have I've ever seen. I've been to some nice hotels in my time, but yeah, this was a, this was a lot. I've never seen anything on that scale, just opulence. It was beautiful and not intimidating, mm -hmm. uh, but it was done so well that it really drew you in. What really hit me was this wasn't just about one sector of the economy. This was a broad approach to every sector of the economy, uh, whether it was entertainment and filmmaking, uh, green energy, technology, aerospace, defense, fashion. It had a little bit of everything for everyone who is there. And what I found really interesting was wandering around what they called the marketplace. And you could see people from all over the world in little clusters having conversations about whatever topic they were there to really learn more about or invest in. It really was a global investment. There was no hesitation between women who were dressed a little bit more Western to men in their traditional Saudi dress. There was no hesitation in any of these conversations as I was walking around the room. And I think that's what struck me at the FII conference was this was truly global and there were no barriers between any of the people there 
who wanted to learn more about different industries and possibly come up with investment deals to engage in the growth that's happening in Saudi and around the world. And I think that's such an interesting point, Polly, because I think before the trip, one of the things that gave me a lot of angst was how to dress Mm -hmm. appropriately, how to dress honoring a culture that I didn't really understand firsthand. And I think, you know, it might be interesting for our listeners to know that the four women on the delegation, we dressed in Western women's business attire. And, you know, it was interesting walking around, very conservative, mind you. Again, we want to be honoring to our hosts and appropriate. But it was interesting um, as we were walking around, sometimes just the women in the delegation, we actually asked ourselves, like, do we feel uncomfortable? Are people staring at us funny? And I think to your point, Polly, no, it would be like any conference, um, any global conference. Um, it just happened to be in Saudi Arabia. But there was a lot of acceptance, cross-cultural acceptance and, and a, a welcoming spirit, you know, throughout throughout the time that we were there. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, anything to add on FII? I can't, I just, the, the thought leadership in the room was just phenomenal. And I wish we could have been to more parts of the conference, but would love to hear your thoughts on the conference itself. Yeah, I have to agree with Polly. I, I think uh, that conference, it had thought leaders across the board, uh, green energy, oil and gas, uh, technology, uh, you name it. I learned so much from it because they talked about issues that were not just Saudi issues. They were talking about issues not just about the Middle East. The issues that they discussed were world issues. And how do we figure out a way to, 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 to take on those challenges? And so I thought, when I was there, as I listened to people have discussions in the marketplace, it was like any other business conference I've been at where people are engaging both men and women to make deals. And it was it was really empowering to see. And the thing that struck me was in a three-year time frame to go from women not having the right to drive to now women engaged in business at that level, it's incredible. You see the speed and velocity of change at FII, and that was impressive. Last thing I want to cover with both of you is Neom. I think the couple meetings we had with executives from Neom was really out of this world. To think that you can conceptualize a city from scratch that's not a city. We were, we were told, quit calling it a city. It's really a region <laughs> the size of Massachusetts, and we had a chance to meet with a uh, an executive who's from Colorado, um, and we met, you know, with the CEO of Neom Tech and Digital, Joseph Bradley, and then Dessa Bakaitis uh, is, you know, the COO of Neom Tech and Digital. Who, whoever wants to jump in first, what were your impressions of Neom? And can you just, uh, are you just dying to go to the ribbon cutting of this new region someday that's going to revolutionize, I think, the future of work and the future of how people live? Uh, you know, for who knows how many, the next hundred years. I, I'll jump in and I'll say that, you know, NEOM really is a representation of the boldness of, of the Saudi leadership. NEOM is is a large project. I think it's about the size of Massachusetts. I mean, that's a huge project. Mm -hmm. But to build a city from the ground up and put in infrastructure that's going to meet the 22nd century requirements that and, the and nation... And Danny, it's even from like below ground up, right? Like all it, the it stuff is. there... Yeah. All they're laying is like if you can plan ahead that far in advance, you know, to have it start from scratch. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I think no, it, it is, and I think that's a great point to lay a, 
a fiber network below the ground, you know, to engage at, at that level of compute power, power, it's just incredible. I was, I was blown away by it. And what I loved about what they're doing at Neom is they're taking the very best of all the technologies from around the world and they're putting those to work to make society better. And that's, you know, how we consume energy, how we manage our daily lives. That's the project of Neon. You can't conceptualize Neon, you know, without actually talking to someone who's been involved in it. It was it was very impressive. <laughs> and we'll put we'll put the link to Neom in our in our podcast and in our video <laughs> so folks can go see it for themselves because it's really hard to describe in a short it's, amount of time. It's the metaverse on steroids. How about that? <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Hey, um, I want to just kind of get last remarks from you both. Um, you know, big picture. What what is again like you? We all had our had our thoughts and our um, sort of our preconceived ideas coming into a trip like this. But but if there's one big takeaway that you would want Colorado's business community to know, or Colorado policymakers to know, perhaps in terms of what you might have thought about from policy standpoint, what would what would the one big takeaway be? And Danny, do you want to go first? Yeah, I will go first. My big takeaway is this. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia acknowledges its past, but it doesn't hold on to it. It holds on to the culture that is created, but it looks forward. And the reason that they're able to move forward so fast is because they're not tied to the past. They're moving forward in the future. I would say the big takeaway for me, it would be Saudi Arabia is a place to do business. The people there are the kindest people. And I've traveled the world. I've never seen so much warmth and caring. And it's all legitimate from the people of Saudi Arabia. So I was honored to be there. And I would say to anyone in our community, if you have the opportunity to visit the kingdom, please take that opportunity. Thanks, Danny. How about you, Polly? You know, I would echo a lot of Danny's sentiments. I think the people that we met were incredibly warm and friendly. And they want to convey the importance of their culture, the history within Saudi Arabia, the heritage sites that they honor. And they really are, I think, working hard to embrace, you know, a new culture and a new opportunity for everyone within the kingdom to really flourish and become a bigger contributor to the world economy and what's happening in the world, whether it's through energy initiatives, recognizing that they can't depend on the oil and gas industry forever. They need to broaden their economic base. And by doing that, they need to make sure that they engage everyone within the kingdom to encourage their participation and encourage their entrepreneurship. And I think it was just so interesting to see how open the government is to encouraging that entrepreneurial spirit and helping some of these businesses start and then spin them off into private industries. So I think there are a lot of opportunities and really any business in Colorado should be looking at the kingdom because they are looking not just for technologies for today or in the next decade, but 20, 30, 50 years from now, what is going to be implemented? What are we going to need to know? And how are we going to embrace that new technology that changes on a daily basis? Yeah, really, really well said. I, I think um, 
you know, if Danny, if you, Danny, and you, Polly, were interested in contracts for some of your business interests, you could you could have those nailed down by Christmas because there was so <laughs> much interest in collaboration and partnership. So, well done. I would just say, you know, just to also weigh in as a member of the delegation, uh, I I really appreciated all both of what what you both said. You know, some of the friendships too. I think I'll reflect on and want to keep. I think the world gets smaller every day. I think about Jamana, who was really the secret sauce, who I think made lots of good stuff happen for us, mm-hmm. who is uh, represented the Royal Court and was with us. You know, what a rock star is Jamana. Absolutely. And then, then Noth too, the young woman from the Saudi embassy who is in DC, but, a, but she's from Saudi Arabia. You know, what a wonderful young woman who is a rising star who represents her country so gracefully and professionally. You know, what would we have done without her? And of course, Fahad, who we talked to still, um, who represents Saudi Arabia as the official spokesperson for the embassy. I mean, we had so many good people who were willing to go above and beyond to make sure that our stay was incredibly productive and comfortable and welcoming and and so those relationships I know we'll keep as we all continue looking at business opportunities too. So it's such great memories and fun to relive them all with you both. I appreciate you both jumping on today to be a part of Colorado Business Roundtable Profits and Purpose and look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you. Thanks, Debbie. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.